What's up, everyone? I'm Matt, joined by my dude, Riley. What's going on, man? What's going on, buddy? I'm happy to have you here, and we are here to welcome and guide you through some breakdowns today. But we couldn't do that without our in-house expert, Derek Abbott. Derek is currently coaching for the U.S. Coast Guard. He is their offensive line and tight end coach. The guy is doing a lot of scouting right now and is definitely a brilliant offensive mind. We're excited to bring him in and do some breakdown videos for you guys going forward. Uh, this is going to be a new segment for us, and we're excited about it. Today, we are going to focus on the top five quarterbacks in this year's draft, starting with Justin Fields. Now, Justin Fields is a guy that we're really excited about. We wanted to kick it off with him. Then we're going to move into another guy that San Francisco might be taking in Mac Jones. Now, Mac Jones seems to be the hot pick right now. We're undecided. We think it's controversial. We get into that. We are going to finalize the San Francisco 49ers little trifecta with Trey Lance because his name has been getting tossed around there. And of course, we break down the number one and number two, Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson. These guys are amazing. They seem to be a lock for the number one, two for the last few weeks. But we got to break them down anyway because they are some pretty special guys and we're excited to see them in the league this year coming up. So let's get into Justin Fields here, somebody who has been getting a lot of criticism, somebody who was a number two overall mock draft pick like just last year. Why the sudden change? Maddie, you're somebody who loves it, loves him so much. You, you can speak to that a little bit. I think it's crazy that the number three pick is being so controversial so far. The fact the 49ers want Mac Jones, we'll get into that a little bit here. But I think it's crazy. Like you said, Justin Fields was a number two ranked player not too long ago. It was him and Trevor Lawrence. And now we have Zach Wilson at number two. Seems like a pretty sure thing. So here we are with San Francisco at number three. There's three guys that are really eyeballing. Justin Fields is one. They're looking at Mac Jones. And Trey Lance is another name we're seeing bounced around. So I think it'll be good today to really get into a little bit of their film. We've got our expert Derek here today to break it down for us and kind of show what these guys are bringing to the table, pros and cons. Derek, what you got? Well, uh, thanks for having me on again, guys. I really appreciate it. Really looking forward yeah. to, to always talking football with you guys. You guys are awesome. Um, plus, you know, I love, I love talking football and scheme and, and quarterbacks, obviously. Um, you know, I think it's really interesting, you know, the, the, the trajectory that, that Justin Fields and really the roller coaster he's had um, really since the end of last season. Um, and if you can even go back to, to the loss against Clemson last the year before in 2019, um, and kind of that's really been up and down um, how he was projected coming out um, in the 2020 season with different. And then after the season, you know, with the different comments coming from, you know, the, the, uh, the infamous uh, anonymous scouts or anonymous NFL executives and all those other types of things that always seem to lurk around. But I think when you put on the tape, and I think that when we talk about some of these things, you know, you'll see that, that Fields pretty much checks the box um, in every category that you could really want. Um, I think he would fit great in San Francisco's system in the boot and the I know this is a Seahawks podcast and you guys probably don't want to hear that, <laughs> but I think that he'd be a great fit in that kind of system. You know, I think he's a really, really strong quarterback in the pocket, can make play, can make plays, second reaction throws, make plays on the run, use his legs in the run game as well, too. And, you know, I think that some there's been some criticism of, um, you know, him hanging on to reads and stuff like that. Now, some of it is true. 
Some of it is not. He, I think he understands defenses for the most part. And you'll see, you know, we'll, we'll we kind of go through these these cutups, um, what we're kind of talking about here. So the first play we're, we're taking a look at is, is the uh, semifinal game versus Clemson um, this past season. So <clears throat> for for the for the radio and the podcast listeners, I know I'm going to try to explain this as easy as I can for you guys to kind of visualize what's happening on the field. So Ohio State is on the left hash here. They have two tight ends in the game. Both are to the right, one on the ball and one in a wing. They have a receiver split out wide, so they're in a three-by-one set, and this is a 22-personnel set. Okay, so what they're going to run here is what we call a Hank concept. Basically, you're pretty simple, curl flat with a spot or a ball route that goes right over the middle of the field. So the first tight end that has had is his hand on the ground. He's going to run the seven-yard ball route that's right over the center. The second tight end that's off in the wing is going to run the quick shoot or the quick arrow route and really, really pull that flat defender, whoever that may be. And then the receiver on the outside is usually going to run to a 10 to 12 yard curl, depending on the team, the, the, the depth of the corner could or the, uh, the curl could vary here. So when we watch this film. You know, a lot of it has been talking about fields going to his second and third or his first and second progression. So the progression here on this throw is we are going to look at the ball route first. If the ball route is open, that is the tight end going seven yards over the football. If he is open right now, we are going to give him the football. So here the tight end is covered by the linebacker number 47. So Fields will now get his eyes to whoever the flat defender may be. So Clemson's running a cover three variation here. That safety that is to the field shoots down and now takes away the tight end that's running on the arrow route. Fields is patient enough and waits and allows that receiver to really, really work and gain back into the window, and he's able to hit him for a nice first down. I think that those are the kind of little progressive things that you see in his game. And even when you watch some of the tape, you can really tell where a quarterback is looking, especially when, you know, they have a stripe on the on the middle, going down the middle of their helmet. So you can see on film, looks at the ball route at the tight end, doesn't see it's open, moves his feet towards his target, and then drives through the throw. I think that's what you really want to see, especially going into the next level, is that fast processing that, you know, so that a lot of uh, evaluators and, and teams are always looking for. All right, so now uh, we're, we're looking at, again, you know, uh, Ohio State is now on the left hash again. They're in the same personnel grouping, meaning 12 personnel, two tight ends, one back on the field. Um, they have both tight ends to the boundary here, one on the ball, one off of the ball. They have two receivers, one in the slot, one um, wide to the bottom of the numbers to the right side or the bottom of the screen here. So Ohio State is going to run a little stop route and then a, uh, a drag per se, or, you know, it could be like, you know, just trying to get to the end zone, find open space kind of route here mm -hmm. by the by the second tight end. So when we're watching this here, the, the first tight end, the corner follows with him on that on that stop or that curl route. Now, when you're looking at this and you see the, the second tight end, he works back into the middle of the field. The, the backer that would typically be in that area, Clemson sends a blitz. Well, typically, you know, when you, when you get a linebacker blitz, especially as a quarterback, you're always thinking of like, what is my hot here? How can I get the ball out really quickly to apply pressure where they're sending pressure here? So Fields kind of sticks on this read here. He sticks on the tight end that's running the uh, that's running the stop route. Now he muscles the ball in there. Great. They end up scoring a touchdown, but he has the, the, the secondary tight end on the drag for just an easy touchdown. I mean, he could really just dump it to him and he's wide open. 
Do they score? Absolutely. That's always what you want. But you'd like to see him go, okay, I know where my hot is. I see that, you know, number 10 or number 47 is blitzing, that I got to get this ball out. And, and you know, I, I could just dump mm -hmm. it to my tight end that's sitting right in the middle of the field for an easy touchdown to make my life a lot easier and um, mm -hmm. make, make your offensive coordinator and your quarterback coach, you know, sleep better at night. No doubt. And that has obviously been a criticism of him, his inability to work through progressions and stuff like that. That's got to be something that just comes with time, though, right? That's maturity as a quarterback. Yeah, absolutely. You know, Fields is just a two-year starter. I mean, that's that. I mean, in nowadays terms, I mean, you got guys like Trey Lance that are only playing one year. Um, you know, you got Joe Burrow, who's number one overall pick that's only playing one year. So I think the growth in how these guys come into the league, um, it's a lot different. They're some pretty high fast processors. Um, mm -hmm. You know, it, it just it gauges team to team and, and how you really want to come into that into the organization and who's molding you to how are you being taught? Are you being taught the right way? So and, you know, that's that's something that's in within Ryan Day's system a lot. You know, you run a lot of these option routes, you run a lot of these wait and see kind of throws that you really might have to hold on to that first throw or that first read a little bit longer than you probably would. And it's something that you always got to keep in mind too. Mm -hmm. For sure. Well, I think it's at least very good to see that, you know, he has that zip on his throws. He can push that say. ball in there. He is, he's physic like his physical performances are pretty substantial. He's a, uh, he's got an arm on him. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. He could definitely muscle the ball in there. He can make all the throws. He's a tough kid or tough. I mean, I guess, I mean, I'm saying kid, he's only, you know, three years younger than me, but, um, I just feel old when I get up, everything hurts. <laughs> I mean, even like the throw that he made uh, in this game where he throws the, the the post route on the long touchdown and it just an absolute dime gets drilled right oh. after he gets hit in the back. So, I mean, the kid, he shows toughness. He displays everything you want. He's a competitor. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Okay. So now they're in the same personnel set here. Actually, now we're on the right hash. Okay. So now we have two receivers up to the top of the screen. Um, they're, they're in kind of a condenser, a stack split, the bottom of the numbers here. Um, and then now you got the two tight ends shifting over to the field, one with his hand in the ground, uh, one in the wing again. So it's the very same formation that we had the last time. Okay, they're going to bring the receiver in motion here on a little short motion. Okay, to the field here, the running back that is on Justin Fields' is left here, he's going to run out. And basically, this is kind of like a, a three vertical concept just from the left hand side here with with an under route coming to the backside. Um, yeah, the tight end here extends and gets what we call a spray release, really goes and attacks that corner. He's going to bang that thing back inside, inside the hash, get the corner to flip his hips, come back inside. And then Fields is going to make a great throw to put this ball over the safety and in for a touchdown. I mean, you really can't get a better throw than that. Uh, beats the safety over the top, great anticipation, great ball placement, um, you know, and, and then timing and rhythm on the throw as well, too. So and you're going to see, you know, his feet are under him the whole time. He comes to a good base. He sees that safety down and he puts it right over his head with, with a great throw and really just drills that ball in there. And I mean, that's that's I mean, that's a big boy throw. You got to be able to really, you know, put your big boy pants on him and especially in the red zone here. Um, that that's where you make your money in the NFL. That's a that's on a rope. That's uh, mm -hmm. that's a great that's a great throw. That's a that's a throw that he can really, you know, kind of you know, flex on. 
because he really throws yeah. throws the receiver open, but also throws through the DB who kind of like mm-hmm. he's like, damn, okay, that got there a lot quicker. So that's really uh, yep. It, I don't see any. Uh, I don't see a lot of faults here. There, nope. <laughs> I no, know a lot of downside. You, you go, you go and watch the tape, and um, you know. I think that the more you watch it, you're just like, okay, like, what am I looking for? What, what are these glaring issues? And I think you know, with all these guys, I mean, they're all high trait guys um, that you know have the ability to play at this next level. So, uh, going to the next play here, this this play is a <clears throat> personal favorite, but it's kind of a remix here. So, um, traditional play um, out of a lot of air raid and spread tight teams, play called mesh. Typically, the the heart of the play is you have two crossers on the inside, and then you have what we talked earlier about is that ball route coming from one of the slots, or it could be coming from a, a short motion guy, then working inside. Really, that ball route is going to go right over the ball or right over the center between the two guards, really, find an open area to just kind of sit down, and then the two crossers are going to cross underneath of them. You can add a variety of wrinkles to this on the perimeter of the two outside guys whether it's a dig and a post or, uh, you know, whatever it might be. Some guys, some teams like to send the running back on a wheel like you saw at Philadelphia doing the Super Bowl against New England a couple years ago. A lot of different varieties on this. Ohio State puts a really, really cool twist on this that I really like. Um, so they're going to have their their two uh, crossers essentially work inside, really attack those linebackers to think that they're going to cross. Then they're going to put their foot in the ground and work back outside and then it really opens up that ball route uh, like, like you know, the, the Red Sea. And it's a really good job by Fields to be patient here. He looks at those backers, wait for them to collapse on the on the, on the the little pivot routes, and then that, that ball route kind of sits right behind him, and he just puts it in there for a nice, easy first down. Uh, really critical play in the game, too. Um, and it's a really, really nice read to sit there and be patient, and then now you're really just isolating your read to one guy. And then he also does a really good job of influencing defenders with his eyes. He's going to look at that defender and think that, hey, we're throwing this under. We're throwing this crosser. That linebacker condenses down. That ball route is able to slip right behind him and, and, and pick up a first down. That's a great play call. It look, looks like a great play design for starters, but he does a really good job of making sure he puts that ball out of the linebacker's reach because number seven still sitting back there. And mm-hmm. it's a, that ball's too low, a little bit too far over. He can make a play on it, but he does a good job of keeping it out of his hands and making a good throw. That's a hell of yep. a play. Yep, and then, you know, you kind of see, too, you know, we talk about that stripe on the helmet. You know, you can see exactly where he's looking at. He's looking at, you know, 10. He's looking at the mm-hmm. linebackers. He's looking at seven. Boom. He's looking at those conflict linebackers that can get in the way. That's where, you know, at the pro level, it's so critical that you've got to be able to use your eyes to manipulate people because guys are quick. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, <clears throat> this isn't, you know, the the guy that, and no offense to some of these guys, I mean, shoot, I'm one of them, you know, they might end up being, you know, accountants or, or something like that, yeah. or, you know, school teachers, these guys in the NFL, they're getting paid to do this stuff, millions and millions of dollars, they're the elite of the elite. So you got to be able to, uh, to, to influence them with your eyes and even your feet too. Let's get on to where everybody seems to think the pick is going, and that is Mac Jones. A lot of a lot of controversy here. Riley and I don't like him. We think it's a bit of a stretch taking Mac Jones at three. But you got some stuff to show us, some good things, maybe change your minds a bit. 
Yeah. So, so Mac Jones is, you know, about five years ago, you would think is, you know, your prototypical drop back passer that can manage the game really well. And he's a ball distributor, similar to like a point guard in basketball. Um, you know, that's what he did at Alabama. A lot of the same concepts he ran last year were the same ones that uh, Tua Tungavailoa ran at um, the, the year prior. Um, ton of RPOs, put the ball in the hands of, uh, you know, your Heisman Trophy winner and all the other Avengers that you have split out. Um, and that's really what their offense is. Now, they still do a lot. They run a lot of pro-type concepts, as, as we're going to talk about in this clip uh, here. So they're in a, uh, in a 12 personnel set. Um, really, it's a, what we call like an ace off. So you got two tight ends that are in a wing um, right outside the tackles, and then you have your two outside receivers um, in a um, condensed tight split, not necessarily, you know, really, really in tight, but top of the bottom receiver to the field. Uh, he's on the hash and then the, the, the receiver to the boundary. He's on the top of the numbers here. So, uh, you know, this is this is going to be your standard play action pass. You see it in almost every NFL offense there. You're going to get the outside zone action from the quarterback and the running back out to the left. And they're in a pistol. So he's going to open up with his right hand, show ball and fake it. The tight end from the left side is now going to swipe back across and come into protection. The tight end on the right is also still going to be in protection. But to a defense, this gives what we call, you know, a split zone type look. That's what the concept is called. Typically, that tight end that's coming from the backside is going to kick out an end or, 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 or whoever is that C-gap defender, really. Okay, so the concept here, Mac Jones is going to turn around. He's going to get his eyes to the safety. The prototype, the, the normal concept, it's almost – the most vanilla one is everybody calls it a Yankee concept, the Dover, whatever you guys want to call it. It's usually a post and an over. So you get a, an over route from the, the receiver at the bottom of the screen that he, he is from coming from the field. The receiver at the top of the screen that is in the boundary, he's going to run the post. Well, here the wrinkle off of it is, is you're going to run the post. And now as soon as that safety runs to the middle of the field to try and get the post, he's going to break back out break back out on a corner route. So he's going to get that safety to flip his hips. So you're going to see Mac Jones key the safety here. He's going to set up in the pocket on a little bit of a half boot. The Heisman Trophy mm -hmm. winner, of course, does a great job of stemming the, the, the route inside, getting the safety. He's rolling to the middle of the field anyways. He gets out of there. He sees, that, he sees Devontae Smith attack. He snaps back out to the sideline. Mac Jones puts a really good ball on him right to the sideline. There's nobody within 10 yards of him. Those are a lot of the different things that you see in the um, in the Shanahan, the McVay, the Matt LaFleur type offenses where you're going to move the pocket, move the launch point where a guy has a cleaner read. It's a two-route read, a two-route progression. You're reading the safety. You're high-lowing it. And then you add a wrinkle, whether it's you know a post corner or you know that climb route might sit in the middle of the field uh, like, you know, the Rams did a couple years against the Saints with Brandon Cooks. There's a variety of different ways, but this is a prototypical pro-style concept that you see throughout the league. Thank you. So here, here's another play, and this is really a staple of what Mac Jones does and what he does really real. The RPO game and understanding box count, linebacker movement, and, and really just being a ball distributor. Um, he does a good job here. So here – uh, Alabama, once again, I believe this is, I can't tell if that's another tight end or not, but they're in an, uh, let's say for 
just the sake of argument here. They're in a 12 personnel type look. They're on the right hash here. You have a tight end that's on the ball and another tight end in the wing. The back is to the left side of Mac Jones. And then you have two receivers that are essentially offset stacked on the hash to the field. And then Al, or, uh, excuse me, Georgia has a press corner and then a corner behind him with a middle field safety here. Okay, so what the read is here, you're going to get a downhill running game, some sort of maybe possibly like a zone scheme. You can really tag it any way that you want. Usually gap schemes give defenses more issues, but I digress. Um, <clears throat> so what Mac Jones's read is on this RPO is first defender inside of the slant or first box backer that threatens that, that run, who typically an apex defender here. So really the first box backer, the first player inside of that slant is the, I can't tell what number he is, it might be number 13. He's right over the guard. So really that's the influence player that Mac Jones is going to read. He's going to open up to the back, keep his head downfield, and see what that backer does. So when we roll the clip here, that backer steps down. That tells Mac Jones to pull the ball, flip his hips, and throw the slant to, uh, to Devontae Smith. That's a great play. That just shows how refined he is in the RPO game, that he is able to ride the ball down, pull it, flip his hips, and throw an accurate pass with a corner on top of Devontae Smith's back. That slant – or I'm sorry, yeah, the, on the slant throw. That, sl that throw on that slant needs to be directly like on the number six. If it's too high, too low, break stride behind and front, could be an incompletion. It's a really accurate ball, and it's a great job of just straight ball distribution. Hmm. Playing the game I smart. Is, I wonder if this is us. Uh, I wonder if there's a statistic out there about how many times he's been hit. Derek, you're somebody who you know, as a quarterback, you get hit, you kind of get bounced around in those RPO games and stuff like that. He looks very comfortable. He looks very smooth um, when he operates. Um, he's playing behind. You know, Landon Dickerson's going to be a top, probably a hundred pick. Alex Leather was going to be a top 100 pick. There's like three or four. Do you think maybe him not getting tested in terms of getting hit? Um, do you think that might be a question for people too? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, anytime that you're walking out of a, out of a game and you don't even need to wash your jersey, that's a, usually a pretty good thing um, for evaluators in the NFL. They obviously want to see how you do under duress. You know, I think that this Georgia game, going back to this, he was sacked three times through an interception, and I think he threw an interception on the first throw of the game on uh, on a boot play that he just got – I mean, he got drilled on. Um, he obviously can make throws under duress. Uh, he tends to miss more. So there's times where there's guys around him in the pocket that he'll tend to fall away from a throw or throw it and kind of back away almost. Like when I say fall away, I mean like, you know, a pitcher off of a mound. And you miss. You're a little bit more accurate because there's a little bit more people in front, around you and in front of you that, you know, you're really not accustomed to when, you know, you have arguably, you know, the best offensive line in, in all of college football year in and year out. So that's something to get used to and something to make note of because if you're going that high, now if he's going to San Francisco, that's really, you know, the, the golden nugget, um, pun intended, I guess, um, <laughs> of teams because of the roster. And they have such a good roster. But typically when you are being drafted this high, it's because you don't have a great offensive line. You don't have a great support staff. So that's another argument. And, I, you know, I always think that when you're evaluating quarterbacks, 
you know, and you put on the tape, you always have to decide whether, you know, Bucky Brooks talks about this all the time. It's one of my favorite quotes. Is this, is this guy either a try or is he a trailer or is he a truck? Is he pulling your offense or is he being pulled by the rest of your offense? Mm. So here now, again, this is a really, really, basically it's the same formation we just talked about, almost about the same spot of the field, right hash, 12 personnel, um, two tight ends, one on the line, one in a wing, back to the left, stack uh, receivers to the field on the hash. Um, so you're going to get a smash concept here from the receivers to the top of the field, to the top of the uh, to the numbers here. Really, it's just a corner read. This is where we talk about the eye manipulation and being able to hold a corner and then being able to drill a ball into a, like a cover two type window or anything like that. So this is where an evaluator would look and see, can he make all the throws? And you have to figure that in college too, these throws are a lot further out because of the hashes are a lot further out. So, you know, there's more, obviously there's more space, but with more space, you got to be able to drill the ball for maybe a little bit further of a distance here. So it's a play action. He's going to get the, 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 Quick arrow route, the guy, the receiver is going to dive inside, break back out. Then you're going to get the corner route from from the other receiver here. And now, you know, Mac Jones is really just kind of reading this corner. Corner squats for really about a half a second. He puts it in a spot where the safety in the corner can't make a play. It's a hell of a throw, especially to the field. Ironically, if if you've kept up track with here, um, they all keep going to the same guy that keeps wearing number six that everyone keeps being critical of. Of, of height and weight and everything else he's yeah. making absolutely great catches so you know just going back to this of great timing and rhythm he can make the throw at any point in any of the at any part of the field that corner on this smash route is sat for all of about a millisecond and that's just enough for jones to put it to the sideline where it's really us or nobody there another guy that san francisco is supposedly talking about taking is trey lance yeah, so so Trey Lance is kind of that uh, that anomaly right now that everybody's just trying to figure out. You have a really really small sample size. Um, to me, whenever I watch him, I think that he kind of reminds me a lot of um, Dak Prescott when he was in his junior year at Mississippi State. Um, bigger st- bigger type quarterback, uh, pretty good arm. Um, you know, I, I think he obviously you know they North Dakota State loves to run the ball. So I mean, if you like watching film with two, three tight ends, a fullback, and you know, you're running power and counter and, and ISO. I mean, that's your cup of tea. Sounds I mean, like you'll a love team in the NFC West. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you you'll love this tape, but you know, North Dakota and this isn't this is a really, really small sample size because you know I, he didn't very he didn't throw very many passes in college either. Coming from the FCS level who, you know, I'm we are obviously familiar with and actually being in the same stadium that we're gonna watch some of these cutups, both of them. Um, at North Dakota, uh, North Dakota State, and uh, South Dakota State. So, but really, you know, what what people are really enamored with is just, you know, talk about like, you know, this first play here. It's just the run game of, of him being able to create plays with his legs and, and do all the things that you could ever want. Um, you know, here even on this play, you know, he's stepping up into the pocket here and, and making a throw. This is a pretty high level throw. And this is what, you know, evaluators are looking for. They want to see whether you're able to step up into the pocket with guys in your face and make a throw. And this is exactly what he does here. So you're going to get essentially a post route from the bottom receiver here. So North Dakota State is in what we call 11 personnel, Um, you know, one tight end, three receivers, 
tight end to the boundary. Uh, we're on the right hash here, running back to the right. You're going to get a post route from the bottom receiver here. Um, Lance is going to do a really good job. He's going to take a three-step drop. He's going to feel rush around him on the wide side. He's going to step up, and he's going to take a shot from a guy, a, a backer that's coming free really right in the chest and hit the post on that skinny post really right in the face. And, and you know, that that's what you want. That's a pretty high-level throw. That's a throw that you're really going to have to make in the NFL on a day-in and day basis. He does a really good job of understanding where his protection is sliding and where, where he's feeling pressure without ever looking. He could feel the wide rush. He can he could take that back step, slide back, and then slide up back into the pocket, find a receiver, even though that 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 linebacker is crossing over. And he, he knows that he's going to get hit in the face. He's still able to put the ball on him. Really a high-level throw. And these are the like I said, these are the kinds of things that you really look for at the next level. So here, um, you know, this is this is what he is best known for, I guess you could say. Um, and this is something that he he's done a lot throughout his college career, whether um you know, he, he is able to do that in the NFL with the amount of hits that you are going to take on a day in and day out or a week in and week out base, excuse me, um, is, is yet to be seen. He is a bigger body, so he can probably take more hits. So think Cam Newton-esque type deals. But so here, you know, they're in they're in 13 personnel. So you don't really see that much in uh, in college football anymore. So one back, three tight ends, tight end on the ball. Then you got two wings. Basically what they're going to run here is um, you know they're it's inside zone to the left essentially, but it's a design quarterback run. Uh, we talked about that split zone type concept where you're going to run zone to the left. That tight end is going to come from the left back to the right to kick out here. Well, on this play, um, the tight end instead of kicking out, he's going to wrap around for the first box backer and really just lead the quarterback around the edge. So we watch this here. Lance does a really good job being patient. Tight end picks it up, and, you know, hey, he's going to go get yards. He's going to pick up 10, 12 yards. He's a bigger body, and he's always going to fall forward. Um, you know, I think he only threw the ball, I want to say, maybe 14 times in his one game uh, in 2020. Um, they only He only played one season. He didn't play the FCS season, so that's obviously a factor, mm -hmm. I guess you could say. Um, but he only has one year starting under his belt, so at the FCS level. Now, this is also North Dakota State that also puts a ton on their quarterbacks to be able to put themselves in the right spots to succeed, whether it's checks at the line, uh, switching the run game, pass pro, all that stuff. So you're getting more of, you know, is he more pro ready? Because you could say that Trey, that Trey Lance is more pro ready because of the style offense than Trevor Lawrence. Hmm. Fair enough. Now, I'm not – it just because of the style of offense, because you could hear people say, well, Clemson runs a Mickey Mouse style of offense where it's a bunch of screens and, and you know, now throws and RPOs and everything else like that. And Trey Lance is checking, you know, GT power and GT counter and play action boot and protections and all that other stuff. So, you know, it goes, it goes a bunch of different ways. It just depends mm -hmm. on how you want to look at it, really. Yeah, and what you kind of want in your quarterback. Yep. So – Next one here, we talk about creating plays out of structure. How important is that in today's game of being able to make plays when the first play breaks down? So here, <clears throat> Lance is going to drop back. He's going to step up into the pocket, know where the gap in the protection is, and then dump or just really a first down throw right out to the sideline to a receiver 
It's a really, really nice move. Shows that he can make plays out of structure, that he's mobile enough, and that he's accurate on the run. That's also mm. really, really critical. You can move around all you want, but if you can't throw on the run, it really don't mean a damn thing. So does a really nice job here feeling the pocket, keeping his eyes downfield, which is critical. A lot of guys you see in college, especially the ones that aren't as experienced, they want to you know dip their eyes and get on the run and go. Here he keeps his eyes downfield. He scrambles out to the right. There's a flat defender sitting out there. He's able to put enough touch to just dump it right over him for a first down. Another high-level throw. Those are the kinds of things, like I said, that, that evaluators look for. Can he make plays? Can he make chicken salad out of chicken? Well, shit. You know, yeah, it's expletive. King shit. Yes. No, I think that's great. I think the number three pick is going to be really interesting. I would be surprised if Trey Lance gets picked. I'm not going to lie. I think that's just a name that's been thrown around. Riley and I were talking earlier today, and we've heard that uh, Kyle Shanahan's just having too much fun with the media. I, I think he's playing all sorts of games. I don't I – don't, Honestly, I do. I, I'm so un, if I, I'm unconfident in putting money down on the third pick because everything you yeah. said, like Mac Jones could be the guy, but I just personally, and I mean, I don't know shit, but if I'm a, if I'm a general manager, I, I I think drafting anybody but Justin Fields is a mistake. I think mm-hmm. that's crazy talk. He just yep, I, I, I so good. Yeah, I mean, it's it's hard to look at Fields and say, you know, what is what what, what don't we like here? Mm-hmm. Nonetheless, it should make for an interesting draft. There's lots of other ramblings about teams trading up, the Broncos, the Patriots. I think this. I think we're in for one of the more exciting NFL drafts we've had for a long time. Yep. So, man, we got one more clip of, of Trey Lance. Just, just kind of show that, you that accuracy. Bad, dog. No, you're good. Uh, just, just to kind of really show and display that accuracy. Um, you know, it's funny because early in the game, um, he actually misses the same throw to a tight end that's going up the sideline, um, he underthrows it. And, uh, you know, that's where I think kind of the experience comes in a little bit, uh, getting timing on some of these throws in game. So you're able to kind of hit these throws. So, like I said, and it's and tight ends open by about three yards. He just misses them, underthrows them. You know, you breathe in, you breathe out, you move on. It looks like he kind of shortchanges his release. Then he comes back later in the game. Very, very similar type throw. So you're going to get what we call a faint concept. So you're going to get a slant from the outside, guys. So North Dakota State here is in 11 personnel, tight end to the field on the line of scrimmage with a single receiver outside of the tight end. We're in the middle of the field here, two receivers to the right. The outside receiver is going to run a three-step slant or a three-step in depending on what they teach. The slot receiver is really going to run just a slot fade. Really, really press whoever the guy is inside of him and then just really kind of get with, attack the outside shoulder. Let the quarterback throw it in the bucket, per se, just like what we see all the time in trick shot videos and everything else. So Lance does a great job here. Linebacker runs with the slant. He puts it. Now, this is a drop, but he drops it in the bucket, and you cannot place this ball any better. This is one. This is a high-level throw. This is an NFL-caliber throw. And he understands, too, what where the safeties are. Hey, I can make this throw. I like oh. the matchup. I have a linebacker on my slot receiver. All I got to do is just give him a catchable ball right on the sideline and just catch that thing. Unfortunately, the receiver doesn't haul it in. But for mm-hmm. the sake of this, we're looking at the throw and the yeah. accuracy and with the ball placement. It's oh. right there. That's hard to That's hard to beat. 
That's no, the difference that's between uh, Debo Samuel catching the ball and no offense to that uh, young man out there, <laughs> but he's probably hosting his own podcast. And uh, he's probably hosting his own podcast at some point later on. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. But yeah, those are, like I said, and it, and it was great to see that he missed that throw earlier in the game. And then he comes back, maybe I believe two quarters later, makes the same throw for and I mean I understand that you know he didn't catch this or whatever, but I mean that's that should be caught. Yeah. That is a drop. Yeah, it's it good to see that he can. Resilient. Yeah, exactly. For short memory, on to the next play. Let's get into somebody who I'm very excited about is Zach Wilson. They're calling him the next Mahomes. They're comparing him to Aaron Rodgers. The hype is all there. I'm so excited for you to be able to break us down and break it down for us and show us really what Zach Wilson's all about and why he's going to be the number two pick by the New York Jets. Yeah, so I, I think what a lot of teams are seeing with him is, yes, you see some of the traits. You see the quick flick of the wrist um, like a like a Rodgers. Um, and he even, you know, will take his feet off of the ground very similar to Rodgers. It's, it's almost like, you know, when you're growing up as a kid, and you want to like shoot the ball like Michael Jordan. So you just watch Michael Jordan. You just start sh like shooting like him. Very similar. <laughs> I'm convinced yeah. that that's what it's like because I used to watch Terry Bradshaw. And I mean, I'm not like, you know, 50 years old, but <laughs> I, I watched my dad's VHS tapes of Terry Bradshaw. And then I held a football like Terry Bradshaw. I wanted to throw like Terry Bradshaw. Yeah. And then, you know, that's that's how that kind of happened. So. Probably he watched a little bit of Aaron Rodgers and was like, yeah, I really like throwing like this guy. I think that's yeah. what I want to do. So he does not have the, the uh, high-level, top-end, you know, elite arm like a Mahomes or a Rodgers. Those guys are on a different planet. He does have a very good arm. There's two very, very different things. Um, it, it's not like the elite arm. So here, you know, you're going to kind of see that arm on display. So they're going to run a play-action concept. Uh, you know, they're an 11 personnel here with a tight end off of the ball. Uh, Two-by-two two set, tight end to the field. Let, they're on the left hash here. Basically, you're going to get a climb route and the, the post route here that we talked about earlier that Alabama ran with, with, with Mac Jones. Uh, but instead of breaking back out on the post corner, he's going to actually run the post here. Okay, so the post is taught to – to stay skinny and let the quarterback bring you open and throw you open. So here you're really going to see, you know, his arm talent really on display here. He's going to bring the guy in jet motion, give the play fake, take a quick five-step drop and just really unhold and just unleash one right down the field. Um, really great throw by him here. He keeps his ball away from the safety, making a play. So that safety we're reading or Excuse me, Zach Wilson's reading this safety that's on the bottom hash here. The safety gets his eyes on that. He gets his Look eyes on that, that crosser. Protection. Look yeah. at the protection. <laughs> yeah. The hogs got the hogs got to compliment the offensive line. Who just... the hell on the New York Jets blocks like this? Makai Beckton. Except Makai Beckton does, but like other than that. Holy crap! Hey, listen, hey, listen. Yeah. we're talking. We're talking about Zach Wilson. We're, we don't need to talk about the dumpster Woo! fire that is the New York Jets. No, I've already I'm said saying. I'm excited. I'm excited for Zach Wilson to get a fresh start in three years when the Jets trade him. Let's go. <laughs> now, now, and that's where that's where you know him being able to make second reaction plays 
um, is going to, to benefit him. And, and we'll get to that in a second. But, you know, he takes a quick five-step drop out of the gun, really unheaves this, uh, this post route, sees that that safety is down. He's got the, his receiver that's running the post, has a corner on his back. Instead of trying to just kind of like put it on him or throw it under him or just, you know, throw a line drive to him, he really kind of puts a little bit of air under this and lets his receiver get a little bit of separation from that deep, uh, that defensive back, brings him over to the opposite hash and lets him make the play on this for a really, really nice gain here. And you can see it's just a flick of the wrist here. Ball's right on target. It's really, really hard to, to defend a ball like that. So you obviously see the arm talent. You see the decision-making process, even though it is only, you know, a two-man route concept. It's a clean decision, and he can push the ball really far down the field. So here, here's another one where we talk about making plays out of structure. Um, you know, he, he's going to scramble around a little bit here and find a crosser over the middle of the field. He brings the jet motion. You have the play action. He gets some little bit of interior pressure, and then he gets his right tackle gets beat. So he's got to step up, and then he's got to step through the pocket here, throws off schedule, rolls right, and then throws across his body on a dart just across the middle of the field and finds a crosser route. Those are the kinds of things, again, that you want to see. Even that's called changing the platform, changing, you know, the launch point, I guess you could say, what everybody always likes to talk about um, in the NFL nowadays. But those are, again, um, just just little traits here and there that uh, that show you know really why the Jets really really like him as, as you know that that second overall pick. So a clip here, you know, we're, we were talking about you know him being able to make plays um, in in second reaction and um, and out of structured plays. So here, you know, he he's going to use his legs here. He feels this corner blitz. So a lot of quarterbacks, you know, they may become oblivious to this at times. You know, and you, there's always certain tells, you know, a receiver might yell, hey, you know, cat or cowboy or whatever the signal word is to, to signify a corner blitz here. The running back sees it as well. That corner blitzes, the corner goes wide. Wilson play fakes, steps up, understands where the gap is in his protection and is able to escape outside of the right tackle and inside of, the, uh, of that corner that running back washes him out. He's one-on-one -on -one with the linebacker in space, outruns him to the sideline, picks up the first down. You know, when you have a struggling offensive line like the Jets potentially could have, those things are a major component in basically you being able to survive at the NFL level. No doubt. That second play was an amazing throw. That crossbody throw, how he does yeah. that, like kind of jumping off of his foot, that's a hell of a play. Yeah, he, he tends to do that, and that's where I think a little bit of the Rodgers comparisons, you know, um, mm -hmm. they draw from just because, you know, that little that little jump, that little flick of the wrist. I mean, it's like I said, comparing to Aaron Rodgers, that's that's a that's a pretty nice little uh, comp. That's a yeah, yeah, no doubt. Actually, I got a quick question for you, uh, Derek. Quickly, mm -hmm. in, in terms of the Jets' offense, and and um, I can't. Sorry, it's not. Is it Mike at Mike McCarthy? It's not Mike McCarthy. No. Who's the Jets' it's, new coordinator? Uh, Lafleur. I was knew he was another. He was a descend. He was another one yeah. of that. <laughs> okay, so yeah, so he he intends to bring the Shanahan he, type system. Yeah. Can, so so more of that. How does how does Wilson fit into that? 
because he's more of a kind of a gunslinging, sling the pill around a little bit all over the place. Yeah. How does he fit into well, a Kyle Shanahan styled offense? Well, I, you know, I think that too, we, we talk about, you know, you get all through down this coaching tree and each one of these, I guess, disciples, you could say from um, Mike Shanahan, really his offense, you know, is when was it the most successful with Mike Shanahan? It was with a guy named John Elway, strong arm, mobile, could do all the things that, you know, really like that Kyle Allen could do, or uh, Kyle Allen, Zach Wilson. I don't know why I keep calling him Kyle Allen. Um, <laughs> Zach Wilson can do. Um, so, I mean, that's probably what they see. Obviously, with all these disciples, I guess you could say, they're always going to have their own sort of little spice and little wrinkle um, that, you know, they see best fit for their style of offense. You know, um, you know, Sean McVay has all the jet motion and everything else like that. Stays a lot of 11 personnel. Shannon, Kyle Shanahan has, you know, kind of like all those tweener type players with the Debo Samuel, the Kyle Juszczyk's, the George Kittle. So, you know, you're really just disguising your your personnel with formation and, uh, and a little bit of vice versa too. Um, each, like I said, each, each team um, has their own little flavor to it. So, you know, whether they want to use him in the boot game, um, even like the old school type waggle stuff, um, you know, a lot of that changing platform, just depends on what what he wants to do. I know that that Robert Sala brought him over with the intent of bringing over that system. So here here we'll talk about um, extending the play beyond and not just running the football. Okay, so now we're going to extend the play, keep our eyes downfield, and make you know a, a pretty low percentage tight throw between a couple of defenders here. So he actually shows a pretty good job here. You know, everything looks in disarray. He gets his guys in order, into the right spots, snaps the football. You know, he's going to get pressure here. Well, not really. He's actually just going to move around in the pocket. But he keeps his eyes downfield. He doesn't panic. He doesn't do anything like, you know, I'm going to go YOLO and, and make a stupid play here and try and play hero ball here. He steps up and he finds a receiver between two defenders on the sideline, throws a dart to him for another first down. Um you know, it's a really, really nice play by by him to keep the play alive, especially, you know, you know, staying within the structure as well, too. And then making the play at the next level. You know, once those receivers see that he breaks out of the pocket, that little flick of the wrist to throw between two defenders, really, really nice play. So more, more, more of the reason why the Jets probably really, really like him. Awesome. So that's Zach Wilson. That's what we figure is at number two is going to be the number two pick. Let's uh, let's maybe get to the the man himself, Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. So Trevor Lawrence, uh, the presumed uh, first overall pick, apparently already getting acquainted with the people of Jacksonville. Um, you know, I, I picked some of these clips because you know I thought that they were just one of my favorite, and you know they just show a couple little traits here and there that I thought were really really just special. Um, you know, some people may think, you know, stupid or whatever, but whatever. I'm a nerd. I think this stuff's so cool. So uh, here, you know, this is this is the semifinal game against Ohio State, the game that they actually lost. Um, so Wilson here, we got the tight angle here, um, you know, the, the, the end zone cam. Wilson, or, uh, Wilson. Lawrence is here. He's going to get pressure up the middle here. Cuts his drop, feels the pressure, and now he's going to just throw a go ball. But the great thing and the thing that I thought that was so – 
awesome about this go ball is he throws this ball back shoulder to a spot where only his receiver can get it, and it looks so effortless. All he does is, okay, I see that rush coming. I'm going to take a step back. I'm going to underthrow this go ball and put it right to the sideline and make my receiver. When we throw back shoulder ball, we really want to aim to really like the back of the defender's head. Right? He just throws this little lofted back shoulder throw that just looks so effortless, and it's just such a pretty throw. I mean, that's you, that back shoulder stuff, that stuff is practiced over and over and over and over again. And it just looks so effortless for him. I know that a lot of people may think, oh, well, that's just, you know, I could make that throw in my backyard. To put that on a loft, it's different to throw a on the rope back shoulder. I feel like that's a lot easier. To throw like a little lofted back shoulder like that, that's like a pitch shot from, or, you know, using your pitching wedge from, you know, about 80 yards and putting it right next to the pin. <laughs> So here now, talked about now just his throwing and his accuracy and everything. Well, here's what he could do for you in the run game. Okay, whether this is the right read or not, I'm really not really sure. It looks like a zone read type concept here. He's going to read the end man on the line of scrimmage. That's number five. Number five shuffle squeezes this. That usually tells quarterback, hey, give the ball. Usually, you know, typically whenever the the end man on the line of scrimmage turns his shoulders, you can't see his number anymore. That's when we pull it. We can get around him. When you're 6'6 and you can run like a deer, it really doesn't matter. He's going to pull this thing, and he's actually going to beat number five to the sideline and score on this play. That's not typically something that you see out of a 6'6 quarterback. When you think 6'6, you think like Mike Glennon, uh, Brock Osweiler, guys that are kind of tall and lumbering. For him to be able to just take off and just outrun people, there's a clip in the Notre Dame game where he just – guts through and breaks off about a 40-yard run, and he just outruns everybody. It, it's just the, the run two years ago in the Fiesta Bowl against Ohio State. You, these are just not normal things. No <laughs> like, doubt. He is a unicorn, and that's <laughs> how he should be spoken. He's built of. different. Um, he's built he's different. Just built different. He's built in a lab. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. So now what we talked about, some of the RPO stuff with Mac Jones, right? And this is where – I guess you could say the criticism, and it has really nothing to do with Lawrence. It has more to do with the system that he plays in. A lot of people call it a, it's a very, very simplistic offense. At the end of the day, Dabo Sweeney's job is not to develop NFL talent. His job is to win national championships and win college football games. So whatever means he has to do that, he's going to do that. This is just a simple RPO play. Um, you know, They're an 11 personnel here again with a wing um, on the right hash, two receivers to the field. They're going to run a zone scheme here, and then the top receiver on the on to the top of the screen by himself, he's just going to run this out route. And just the timing of it, of just pull the throw, get it out on time. It's just really, really smooth. The delivery is smooth. His feet are in the right spot. You know, it's just consi- it just looks fluid. I mean, you is know, like we talk about you just know when you see it. <laughs> I think this defensive end, if you run the clip back. I think you see him actually talk. I think he ended up talking. I mean, for me, that was the only thing that I haven't seen a lot of. That's been his biggest criticism right now. So far, that's the only thing that people can talk about is like, is does he have a competitive side? Is it just football too boring for him? Like, are you serious right now? If Tom Brady's 45 years old, still out here trying to win Super Bowls. If you see it, if you run this clip, I, I believe – 
ends up talking some noise with uh, number eight. Right here at the end. I think I he started it, it too. Oh, I, it, I think yeah. he started it too. So I love it. I at least love that part out of it, um, that he isn't uh, doesn't have that whole cliche of that he is uh, bored with Yeah, it. and I think that that's – we're at this point where – um, everybody's just trying to nitpick and they're just bored, um, just trying to find something. You know what I mean? Um, they're like, a lot of people are like, well, is he going to end up like Andrew Luck? Does he not care about the game? And the, the, the sad thing is, is that this is not like coming from scouts. This is not coming from executives. This is not coming from coaches. This is coming from people in the media that are bored on a Tuesday that have nothing else to do. It's sharp mm-hmm. people in the National Football League, like, believe it or not, that don't live their entire lives and eat, breathe, and sleep football. They just happen to be very good at football, and it is their job. That they have other interests. They like to fish. They like to yeah. smoke cigars. I know plenty of them that do. Um, they like. They have other interests. I mean, that they're human beings as well. And I think we we lose that like, thought at times. I think that that's just the dumbest thing ever. I it just that blows my mind. I I mean, I have other interests. I have golf. I'm terrible at golf, but I'm trying to get better at it. Here now we talking about <laughs> at least here's you know a, a couple like a negative I guess you could say is that there is times where you know Lawrence might get happy feet in within the pocket so here doesn't really have any pressure there's no real need to move in the pocket here he's fine just sitting right there so he he'll he'll kind of shuffle up so essentially the protection wise here he's got the running back taken on the middle the the backer that is blitzing here. He's got the garden center working to to the interior lineman, and then each tackle is out on their edge guy here. Um, you know, he's got a slide to the left here. Really, he doesn't really need to step up anywhere at all. He could really just sit right there, and if he needs to slide, he can. So this is where we talk about kind of sliding into pressure. He kind of gets happy feet and, you know, forces an error throw here. Probably has a guy for a touchdown here, ends up missing him. Just because his feet aren't set and he kind of moves, you'll hear that kind of the, the terms um, at times. You know, he looks like a cow on ice. That's kind of the term that, you know, a, a scout or, or an evaluator might use for a guy that's within the pocket that just moves for no apparent reason. So mm-hmm. here, Trevor Lawrence kind of looks like a cow on ice. He's just moving for no reason. And kind of number 20 here comes off of it and disrupts the throw that could have ended up being a touchdown. Yeah, he needs, needs to be more, be more patient, get his feet set in the pocket, and drive that ball home. Yeah, I mean, and and that's that's common. I mean, I'm not saying that, you know, that's some sort of glaring, yeah. now we're just nitpicking, because he, it does show up on film occasionally where he'll just move, you know, for no reason. And a lot of that is, is you know, your mind's moving, and if you're looking right, sometimes you yeah. just tend to move le- or move right. Well, it's, like, it's like driving and turning down the radio. You look down like this, and that's where your wheel goes to, right? Exactly, yep. Yeah. So you tend to drift. So yeah. now here on the flip side, you're going to get a play action. Now here's pressure into his face. We're going to throw this post route over the head of the safety here. So you're going to get a dig route. So going all the way back here and talking about so for, for our podcast audience to understand what's going on here. So 11 personnel, talk about a one-back, one tight end here. Um, it's a two-by-two two set, so the tight end is to the right in a wing. We're on the right hash. Receiver to the boundary, two receivers to the field on the hash and a little bit of a, a condensed split. Um, you're going to get a, a dig route from the field slot receiver and a post route. 
from the number one receiver. Some people might call it a Mills concept. Um, outside receiver here, he's going to run it just a, a comeback here. So really, the read for the quarterback is that middle of the field safety. Um, the safety, you know, stays um, with the uh, – if he stays with the post, we'll work the dig. If he decides to bail on there or if he comes down on the uh, on the dig route, we'll throw the post over the top. Here he is actually playing on the near hash, and he is looking to the boundary here. So he's not even paying attention to the post route up top. You know, we're going to take that shot. We're going to throw the post route 10 out of 10 times. We've got a one-on-one -on -one, uh, matchup with uh, one of our better receivers on their corner. Um, here it's good play action. He's going to step up a little bit into the pocket. He's got people in his face. So when we talk about, you know, making the throw, and it's a little subtle movement, and it's so it's so minute. But we could talk about, too, because, like, when he drops back initially, his head is on that safety and looks right. Well, why does he do that? He is moving that safety with his eyes. You can see the stripe on his helmet here. That safety is a tough hey, I'm gonna look next year. Yep, I'm, he's looking right at that comeback, right? As mm -hmm. soon as Lawrence looks at that comeback, he is coming right back to throw that post because now he knows that he's got that safety beat over the top. That's his read on this kind of concept here. So he's moving him with his eyes. He's coming back to that post. He knows he's got a touchdown and burns him for a big play. Yeah, that's great. It's those little things of just being able to manipulate, understand what you're seeing from a defense, and really, really just how to how to attack it, pre-snap mm -hmm. and then post-snap. People want to talk now like height isn't a big deal as a far as a quarterback goes, and I and I agree. Like you don't need to be six five, six six to play the position, but on a play like that, you sure as hell see why it's nice. He can stand in that pocket. He's got pressure coming up the middle. He can still stand there, see, and launch that ball right over top. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it, and he's 6'6". Six, six, so a lot of, usually the threshold for quarterbacks is 6'5". I ain't seen a lot of 6'6 six, six people move like him. No doubt. So w when he can house one for 70, 80 yards and make, you know, guys that are going to get drafted in the top 10 mm -hmm. uh, look like, you know, me playing pickup basketball. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Usually pretty special. No doubt. Well, like we said, nonetheless, it should be an exciting draft. I'm pretty stoked. So yeah, but, with with Trevor Lawrence and the hype he's gotten, people say he's the best draft or the best quarterback prospect they've seen in a lot of years. I think the last time somebody got hype like this, it was Andrew Luck. And now, mm -hmm. granted, they're pretty different. Um, if you had them in the same draft class, who are you picking? Man, it's tough. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I was saying Andrew Luck for for a while, um, just because I thought he was about as as pure as a prospect as you could possibly get. The only reason why I picked Trevor Lawrence really is just because he just adds that whole other component of being able to just house one from really anywhere in the field. He's just that big. He's that strong. Um, that uh, Andrew Luck was too. Andrew Luck had some injury issues too. This it, it, Trevor Lawrence doesn't, but man, it, it's, it's really close. I'm yeah. going to have to say Trevor Lawrence. Now I'll probably yeah. end up being wrong in five years. And, you know, <laughs> That's usually how that works. Uh, you jinxed him. It's your fault now. <laughs> well, Derek, buddy, it was uh, it's a pleasure as always to have you on. Yeah, I, I really uh, appreciate it. I'm looking forward to it, and uh, always love an opportunity to watch film and, and study. And you know, I I always pick up a new thing here and there that I always got to take note of and and put it in my own my own little stash, my own hard drive, and yeah. save it for maybe another date.
when it's more important on my end. <laughs> For sure. All right, bro, that's a wrap. What did you think? That was good. Uh, we want to give our social media handles uh, a plug at Big Canada 79, as you guys can see, at Maddie Dub82 and at MNR Sports 604. Follow us on Twitter, guys. Make sure you guys are interacting with us on Twitter. That's the probably, you know, seven days a week. That's what we're on. Um, we're always answering people's questions and stuff like that. So you guys follow us on there. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Leave comments below and let us know what the players you guys want to see going, going forward with breaking it down with Derek. Let's go to eat a goddamn snack.